Instagram. What it do? We got another new episode of Tech File coming up for y'all. Get ready for it. to episode 315 of Technical Files, mm. the sports podcast you never knew you needed. And it's your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z, the number three, a.k.a. as Ketchum, a.k.a. Mr. Give It To Me. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I like that beat. I'm sorry. For that to me, specifically. Yeah, um, right on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I am the Air J. Only or actually, me. this week, I am the ghost of Drew Holiday. <laughs> 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 he ain't dead. He's just in Boston. He ain't dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Camille, point guard of the crew, the real life Tifa Lockhart, the girl next door, you know, holding it down for all the women who love sports. And this is your boy, K. Harris, the gentleman. The gentleman. The, the everyday gentleman. 24 7. But better known as K. Diddy. Take that. Take that. All right, y'all. Some housekeeping before we get into the swing of things. First things first. First things first. If you have not already, please subscribe to our YouTube page. We are trying hard in our push towards monetization of this podcast. And let me just tell y'all some some personal news as well. Today was my Uh last day as a full time employee at my job because I'm really work, y'all. I admitting myself to the sport podcasting thing. So everybody who can subscribe to the YouTube page, share the show with friends. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us out a long way. And honestly, it's going to pay my bill. So I'm going to need y'all yeah. <laughs> to add up so I can continue to eat. Okay? Uh, <laughs> I am already thin. We do not need me to lose any more weight. Please. Hey, subscribe. Hey, Camille will be on this commercial. Oh, please subscribe. <laughs> but for real, y'all, we need y'all to if you enjoy what we do here at Tech File with our brand of sports uh, commentary. Please support the pod, whether that's sharing, subscribing, reviewing, anything you can do to spread the word about what we do is going to help us out so, so, so much. Absolutely. I had to say that first and foremost. And of course, we thank you for tuning in. But show. Nope. Now, this is where we normally would play the game that needs a name. Uh, but uh-huh. quick audible that the guys aren't expecting here. It is Whoa. time for who he Oh, come on, fam. <laughs> come on, fam. <laughs> hey, niggas <laughs> got do and we got Okie Dope. Like them all. <laughs> right. Hey, we got straight Okie Dope. <laughs> Hey, I was running. Hey, I was running players through my head. Everything, man. You better remember what the fuck they play at now, niggas. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> we'll get zero right. Because like she was Keep like, up. "What's the topic?" I'm like, "We talked about this already." And I'm like, "Nope, shut up." Because <laughs> it was a surprise. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Who you? I heard you say that, and you did not repeat it, and I was wondering why. <laughs> yep. Now you know. But so, 
But much like hey, uh, they stay scheming, they play, bro. I ain't hear what you said. <laughs> but much like they play on, uh, actually, we just stole it completely from <laughs> inside the NBA. But every year we have Tim and Ken go against each other, playing who he played for. Um, mm-hmm. Jesus. The, the game is in the name. Like, <laughs> we just asked them who different players in the NBA play for um, and the one that scores the highest win. So as a reminder, oh, no. I ask each player, well, I ask each Tim and Ken, you know, who does X player play for? If the person I ask gets it right, they get two points. If they get it wrong, okay. the other person gets a chance to steal it and they get one point. Okay. Okay. So two points for right. One point for mm-hmm. steal. Yep. Uh, I see Dwayne's in the comments real quick. What up, though? Hey, what up, what up though? Anybody who's in the comments, let us know who you think is going to win this round of who he play for. Let's Tim? go. Yeah. You already know which one. Y'all know where the winner. Y'all know where the winner. I think I'm on the winning streak. Hey, you might. You probably are. <laughs> you probably are. I think I got two on you. And I'm about to run away from your ass. Hey, no, not today. Let's go. So whichever one y'all lose, I'm gonna start calling the Barkley. So, damn, Elbow, I'm round enough, B. Don't be calling me Barkley, man. <laughs> <laughs> Call you Chuck. <laughs> you Chuck for the rest of the episode. <laughs> no, you, you want to avoid for the rest of the episode. Oh man. Uh, which one y'all wants to go first? Go ahead, Chuckles. All right, I'll go ahead. <laughs> I was I was gonna be a gentleman and let you go first, but I'll take it. I'll keep score. Okay. Uh, whatever. I was okay, gonna say give me some theme music, but I don't care that much. Uh, oh, so I can, put some, I can put some background music on. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, so you don't know for, who got. You better put a name up here. <laughs> just for the record, uh, Charles Barkley went one for five this year. Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> Sounds like me. Uh, so, Ken, uh-huh. Derrick Jones Jr., who does Derek he play Jones, for? Derrick Jones Jr. Um, Derrick Jones Jr. I literally what have What you no looking clue. for? Is he up there? I don't know. What, he what might be there, girl. Okay. Um, Derrick Jones Jr. Um, Toronto. Yeah, he over there? <laughs> okay. Uh, Tim, Derrick Jones Jr. for the steal. Chicago? Hey, you talking about me? <laughs> it is Dallas. Really? And I'll be watching Dallas. He must do he play? Uh, you don't watch him. <laughs> he, oh, All right, know. Tim, your first one. Former Milwaukee Bucks, right. Tory Craig. Who he play for? Uh, who? Tory Craig. Who? I say who? <laughs> Tory Craig. Who he's like? You guys. Five seconds. Nothing. <laughs> oh no! I'm trying to Doctor Robotic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tory Craig. <laughs> not, not me lagging while you give me on the timer, bro. <laughs> wow. I'm, am I back? Yeah. Help yeah. me, please. Yeah. Help me, please. Am I back? Mm-hmm. Here, I no. put it in the comments. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> you said no. <laughs> I didn't even know who you said. Okay. This oh, Tory Craig. Um. <laughs> I just seen that motherfucker running around somebody court the other day. Oh, oh man. Man, I ain't even got just it right now. I, I thought he's in, not in Denver no more. He's in three, 
Dude. Phoenix. No, shit. No, he ain't. And, okay. Can who tore Chris? Utah. Oh. Um, no, no. Why Utah. are you still guessing? Oh, he lagged, he? <laughs> Listen, I was on a lag. Um, <laughs> oh, he played for he played for Minnesota. That is incorrect. He played God for the Chicago Bulls. God damn it. Alright, Ken, your next one is Damn, I was just in Chicago. He like three seconds late. No, he's super bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, I got another former. Three buck. seconds. Good lord. Hold <laughs> oh, no. on, you are so behind. Yeah, you like super behind, fam. Oh lord. Okay, Tim, you got to stop talking so we can keep going through it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, him. My bad. I'm counting. I'm just trying to see how far behind I am. I'm trying to see. The, I'm trying to catch my leg. I'm sorry. I was having too much fun. Jesus Christ. Okay, stop talking. Uh, Ken Dante DiVincenzo. Um, the Warriors. That is incorrect. And that, who, what? No, fam. Uh, Tim, he don't play for the steal? Dante DiVincenzo. Oh, you gone. <laughs> I win. Hey. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Give me the dub. <laughs> I mean. Let's go. I guess you win. The, the champ is here. Hey, he don't play for Washington. He don't play for the Warriors for real. No. So, hey, we can just thug it out like uh, they do for Charles. So, it's just you see how many you can get. So, All right, let's go. All right. You're already over three, actually. I'm going to um, get... I'm, I'm getting these next ones right. Never will. <laughs> this is the coming. <laughs> I get it. Who does Dante DiVincenzo play for? Oh, New York. That is correct. Boo. That don't count, man. <laughs> Bro, they over there. They come they, damn near their whole college team over there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tim. Yours for two points. Landry Shamit. Who you play for? Ooh. Ooh. Damn, he's still hooping. Landry Charlotte. That's incorrect. Cam for the steal. Landry Shamit. Orlando. That's also incorrect. He plays for the Washington yeah. Wizards. God damn. Well, I, I have no mm. clues on that team. But Jordan Poole. Uh, uh, the no, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ken, Danilo Gallinari, who does he play for? God, he, I had no he clue. He's still in the Last league. year, too. He on that same team. I ain't going to remember what team he was on. Gallinari. Not on the same team as last year. He don't play for, no. I thought Gallinari, he don't play for Dallas. Um... Three, two, Utah. That's incorrect. Tim, who does Gallo play for? Tim. I can't Three. tell people. Utah. <laughs> Didn't Ken just say Utah? <laughs> hey, he lag. He can't. <laughs> he don't know what's going on. Uh, no, he also plays for the Washington Wizards. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, I definitely had no clue. All right, last one. Well, no, just one more, and then last round. Hi, Uh, Tim. Former Buck Joe Ingles, who he played for? 
Oh, that's the easy one. Is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Joe Eagles. I thought he was pulling the bus. Maybe because I watched the bus. Detroit. I know where he went. That is incorrect. Cam, who's the guess. Joe Eagles play for? Joe Eagles plays for not Chicago. Um, Cleveland. That's also incorrect. Oh, Orlando Magic. Uh, that's Dang. what I'm saying. You was just in Orlando. I know. <laughs> This might be the lowest scoring rent addition. It is one point. Hey, listen, I got one. I got, I got two. You have one because you, you stole one. Uh, all right, Ken, your last two. one. Let's go. You got one, you got one point. You got one point, man. Uh, former Laker Lonnie Walker, the fourth. Who you play for? Man, what did Lonnie Walker do? Um. Who did we just get? Miami? That is incorrect. Tim for the steal. How, who does Lonnie Walker play for? Brooklyn. Brooklyn? That is correct for one point. Man, boo. Now you got two points. <clears throat> boo. Which uh, is all you need to win. <laughs> so was the uh, DiVincenzo want to steal? Wait, oh. was the DiVincenzo want to steal? Then? Yeah, DiVincenzo was a steal. Yes. Uh, see, I was lagging. I ain't up. That one don't even. Oh, yeah, that one shouldn't even count anyway. <laughs> um, last one. Take the sale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> last one. Uh, Monty Morris. Who does he play oh, for? Goddamn, though. This is open ended. Oh, it was actually. I guess it was Tim's question, so he won already. Oh, uh, so, does he play on Washington too? No, that's incorrect. So, Ken, for <laughs> one point, just to, you know, get on the board, you know, it's a day of shame when the grown man can't wipe the scoreboard. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, New York Knicks. That ain't correct. He plays for the Detroit Pistons. All right, hey, so, with a score of two to nothing, Damn. Tim Cans <laughs> Jr. is your winner. And Boom. Ken Harris, or Kay Harris. Oh, you put your whole government in there. What ain't my whole? Go ahead, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you're the Chuck. You're the Chuck this week. Hey, this year. I, I, I'll take it. Damn, for the year? Ain't that, I'll just say the episode. No, it's a year. 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 God, what you want to mention? Mean, that's how we play this game. Hey, now I got to be like, Kobe Bryant. <laughs> 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 All right, let's let me tell you some Ernie. Let's get into the topics for the week now, shall we? Let me switch this over to uh some douche. Let's get in mode. Shout out to Duke, his, his new single file. That's a fact. Shout out to Douche and Shout out, brother. Every day. How is my PC battery low when it's plugged in? Oh low. Ah. We got technical difficulties. Hey, fam, Y'all I just gotta do. Uh, hey, we working it out. We Dude, expecting I, it to happen. I, I left town a week ago. It was eighty degrees. <laughs> Two days later, it is damn near a blizzard. Yeah, it's a cold snap. God dang it. Sixty degrees less than what we left. Came back. Woo! That's a drop. All right, let's talk about some NFL though. Tim, kick us off. Today, today, today was the trade deadline in the NFL. <laughs> I didn't really expect the NFL to be, you know, shaking like that, but they had some names moving and grooving. Uh, well, not for the name all of them, but there were a couple who I felt needed some recognition. But I wanted to ask, 
was there any trades that would happen today um, that you either shocked, and if you weren't shocked, could potentially make a big impact for another squad? I wouldn't say I was shocked, but I was confused by the Bears trading away a high draft pick for Montez Sweat. Like, he's a good player. Mm-hmm. And he's headed, but he's headed into free agency. Granted, the Bear after like the initial shock wore off is that people were saying, you know, they have the most cap room next year, and this is just like them trying to jump in early to kind of lock down a player, which is smart, but at the cost of a second round pick, I don't know, you know, like if that was worth yeah. it, just like just pay him more if if you really want to bring him to Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I, that was the one that confused me, I guess, the most out of everything. Um, but then the other <laughs> Washington defender getting shipped out, uh, what's his name? Chase Young going to San Francisco, just like. Unbelievable. San Francisco and the Eagles, they be going for it. So, like, I salute them for <laughs> Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, they know that this is their window and they are, they're going for it. So I like the aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. Nick Bosa. Paired up with Chase Young That's and nasty. the rest of Again. that San Francisco defense. They still got Armstead. <laughs> yep. And, and Randy Gregory. Gregory. Yep. Nasty. I guess I figured they don't <laughs> They got to. They got to. They got to sh- shake it up a little bit. All right. I need to get a quarterback. We don't need a quarterback if y'all can't score. Brock Purdy turned into Brock Purdy, didn't he? Purdy, yeah. One, the, the one for me is well, there was two, but one I saw with Kirk Cousins tearing his Achilles, which very unfortunate. Hate it happened to yeah, Kirk. Uh, wait, 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 Ken, what did you, what did you hurt? His his key leagues. Sorry for it. That might be the last time we see Kirk Cousins with the <clears throat> Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Uh, in all reality, which is also uh, bittersweet, I would assume, for Vikings fans. But mm-hmm. I heard that they were having conversations about possibly trading for Jameis Winston. Uh, that was the name I kept hearing. So I was like, oh, famous Jameis in, in Minnesota. Okay. And then next I thing like you know, it. like, nope, it is Joshua Dobbs. And that's going to be their guy going forward now uh, with Kirk Cousins out. I think that's a better option than what they already had on the roster. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, not the ceiling of Kirk Cousins, which I know sounds strange to some people to say, but Kirk Cousins isn't a bad quarterback. It's just not that if you can force him into uh, giving you a shot, you got to take advantage of him because he's going to throw you a couple and you got to take advantage of it. If you don't, then he going to just get into rhythm. And when Kirk Cousins is in rhythm, it's dangerous. Yeah. So that one kind of shocked me. I didn't I didn't see that one coming. Mm-hmm. King, you got one? Um, yeah, I think mine oh, was just. Oh. Yeah, my... okay. <laughs> no, mine, mine was just um, really trying to figure out like what Washington, what their goal is by getting rid of like, you know, like two of your studs on defense. Like, are, are they like fully committed to like the, the rebrand or the rebuild with the, you know, new ownership and stuff like that? So I, I guess I was kind of shocked um, for them to like pull the trigger 
And like basically that's what they're saying. They're going in on a full rebuild. So wasn't expecting that to happen right now. Yeah. So it ain't worth the, the paycheck it's gonna cost next summer, so we might as well mm-hmm. just ship it off. Yeah. I feel like it's tough in football where like to tank like it's not tough to tank, but it just feels so much worse in football just because everybody goes out there and like your career can just end in that game. So like to know that your team isn't playing for anything, but you're still putting your livelihood on the mm-hmm. line is tough. Yeah. So one more for me <laughs> to discuss uh, is Russell Douglas, because there were a lot of people, a lot of Packers fans who were hoping that the Packers were going to be buyers at the deadline, which was strange to me uh, because similar to the Bears, I thought that they would be sellers to try to accommodate more. But then the Bears said, no, we buying because next season we got all this free money. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And the Packers, this is a developmental year. I did not expect them, like I said, to be a... Uh, uh, a buyer, but I didn't think they were going to sell either. I expected the Packers to just kind of stay pat and just continue mm-hmm. the year out to see how guys develop, see who they want to keep, see who they might want to build around, see who they might want to trade. And the next thing you know, Rasul is gone and he was one of the only bright spots that we have on this team this season. So for him to be out the door, um, as a Packers fan, it's kind of sad because the story around Douglas was super cool getting him off the practice squad. He has that great game in Arizona last year where he just kind of burst onto the scene. And then this year he continues a a pretty good level of play. So sad to see him go. Um, Packers said, Hey, we we want some draft picks, but they haven't done a great job with third round draft picks historically. Um, And that's what they got from Buffalo. So I hope that at least this one can convert. I mean, it's too early to know about Tucker craft, but we'll see. What do you think? Of the, I mean, aside from like their history drafting in the third round, like what do you think of the draft compensation? Because really, they sent out a fifth and got back a third, so they just jumped up two rounds, not three. You know, I think that's fine. Um, That's fair. I have no no problem with that compensation that they got for him. It's just sad to see him go. Gotcha. And I'm actually going to use that moment to kind of just segue into my general point here. I just want to be very, very clear. This is my last week, (laughs) my last week discussing the Green Bay Packers until they give me something new to discuss. I am tired of repeating myself and saying the same things. Every week is the same thing. (laughs) Offensive line play is poor. Mm -hmm. The running game. What are we doing with it? Why isn't Aaron Jones getting the ball more? Oh, my God. The running game needs to be established. Jordan Love, missing passes he should make. Wide receivers, running wrong routes, dropping passes when Aaron, when Jordan does get it to him on time. Then you got the defense, playing soft. We literally rushed two. We rushed two. Dropped everyone else back in coverage. And still let Hawkinson get wide open. I don't know how it happened. I don't understand. And that's a lot of the reaction I have with this defense. I don't understand. I'm tired of talking about them. This week, they have more penalties than they had points. I We're regressing. We're regressing at this point. So until they give me something else to talk about, 
I ain't talking about them no more. It is, it's, it's, it's nothing to say. If, unless they start improving, like, cool. We got more to talk about. No, Dwayne in the comments talk about Hawkinson is elusive. They had nine. He elusive. No elusiveness to that. What? Come on. The Packers. Hey, he, he's up there juking like it was. <laughs> I was just like, wow, we got nine in coverage and we still letting that man go free. Dustin, appreciate you tuning in this week. Always good to see hey. comments as well. But I just wanted yeah. to make it a PSA. I'm not talking about the Packers no more until they win or it's something noteworthy to actually discuss. Rasul Douglas, that's noteworthy. Cool. Talk about that. <laughs> I'm done. Rashawn Gary got paid. So, he got paid. Good for him. That's one of the players they saw. Like, hey, you're worth developing around. Let's give you this bag. Cool. The rest of y'all, I got question marks around a lot of y'all. I will be putting cases on you all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not at that point yet because, again, I don't let the Packers necessarily stress me out. I've said it before. I was, I'm a Bucks fan. I was in the Bradley Center during some very, very dark days. Some very, very cheap games, but dark days. I, <laughs> I Listen, I'm going to be a fan regardless. It's just I'm not going to have to spend too much more time talking about y'all unless y'all give me something to talk about. So. I got two things. One, to the elusive point, they got a free Devontae Adams. <laughs> that man shook loose for like two long touchdowns, and Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo just missed him completely. That's his fault. Um, it is. I don't feel bad for him, but for you. Um, and then also, I said in our group chat, but, free. <laughs> free, free. Um, the other thing I said is, like we talked about at the beginning of the year, this is a uh, development year. So this is about growth. Like I wasn't going to judge the Packers necessarily on wins and losses. I just want to see from week to week that they're getting better and that they're headed in the right direction for years going fo- uh, forward. And this season has pretty much been the complete opposite of that. Like mm-hmm. they started off really strong against the Bears, which last week I sent in thing uh, sent in the message where it's like, yeah, I think that game sold us the dummy break because I thought that they were going to be good based off of oh they handed they handled what am I trying to say they handled the Bears handily. <laughs> um, and it looked good. It's like, oh, okay, I see like the outline of a good team, and like if they can just do this and this and this, and it's like, oh, it, it was like very minor tweaks. And then subsequent weeks, it became like, oh, they need to like completely overhaul this this side of the ball, or like the offensive line is just trash. Like scrap it and start over. It's just like they're headed in the wrong direction. And that that's concerning for the future. Like. I still think that they have way more talent than they've shown just not translating to the field. And that's, that's disappointing, which is why I'm like, give me something to talk about at this point, you're regressing and I'm not going to talk any more about regressing. Like you can just go back to what I've said the last few weeks about this team on here um, Mm -hmm. and see how I feel like it's it's nothing new. Great. Um, As far as the result Douglas thing, I know we, we saved ourselves a little bit of money with Douglas because like next year he was supposed to have a cap uh like a dead dead cap no he's supposed to be worth 11 million next year on our cap space now but now year. because we're getting rid of him this year it's gonna be five million and the rest is gonna be the other six and a half we're saving now 
as opposed to his contract was going to be void and he's going to be two and a half million plus the 11 if we do that rid of him. So we are saving six and a half million by trading him this year. We're getting younger by the second. More so the long term. We just got younger. So like we going they they they're tearing it down little by little and they I guess the defense is next. I don't know if I agree with that, given the fact that the deadline is passed, they only got rid of one guy. I was just about to say that. True, we got rid of one guy. We re-signed Gary, but how long Preston Smith going to be around? He's been in the news of talking about us getting rid of him for the last couple. Then we also have the Devondre Campbells. If they feel like we're going to turn this team to a team that we're going to probably try to... Because we tried him to the Bills for once. So we gave him to a contender. Yes, we had a third-round pick out of it. Cool. But we gave we traded him to a contender, and we need him. He was our... He gave up plays, but he was in essence our best corner still at the moment. Because Jair had been kind of getting close. Oh, been trash. I hear what you're saying, but I'm, I like, I don't agree with the, the comment of they're getting younger because they're already young and they didn't get rid of like a bet. Like Douglas was still a young guy himself. Like he wasn't necessarily an older player. He was just a very talented player who they knew they were going to have to pay <laughs> some money to. And like you said, they're like, you know what? We're going to kind of cut this loss right now. Recruit, you know, uh, a draft pick back and continue with the developmental uh aspect of this year and seeing who we should build around but I don't know man it's it's rough out here for any Packers streets uh after 30 years of of winning but yeah like that was actually my one thing Ken how the hell did you do this for the last 20 years because this is ghetto like this is ghetto This is yeah. life for a it's, Chicago Bears fan it, it's one thing to be you know to have a down year but, like, for the last, what, 30 years, we've had a Hall of Fame quarterback, and, like, we know that we had a Hall of Fame quarterback, so it's kind of like, okay, this isn't going to be, you know, we're not going to be in the wilderness. But, like, we don't have, like, that solidification at quarterback. It's like, um, this could be some, you know, if love doesn't start to turn around, like, this could be some shit for a couple years, and then, you know, it could be back to the eighties for for you know like Packer fandom. So yeah, man, I, I I'm not gonna apologize for all the shit I've talked over the years because y'all deserved it. But like I'm a little bit more sympathetic now. <laughs> God damn, shit, I'm not. Thank welcome. you. <laughs> oh, I, I expect that from you too. That's how the game goes, Doug. So even in this down years, like I'm usually the type to try to find the, the diamond in the rough in that. So if we gonna find like we had Sam kind of Gatto starting as our running back at one point. And I used to be geeked about Gatto being our running back because he was the best that we had. We found a little diamond yeah, in the rough for a second. But like I like I don't mind finding uh that was I think Gatto was our running back during one of our lower years of like an eight and eight or some shit like that. Like we kind of snuck into the playoffs that year or something like that. Like it was still a mediocre year at best that we was really hoping that we can kind of get in, which kind of, this kind of how I feel like we're, we're going to try to piece together some shit to get to the playoff. But if at any point in time, they feel like, cause right now we're like the number six worst team, but we got two wins. We're almost tied with everybody else. It's two motherfuckers got one. It's like four people that got two. We're right there for a top three pick. If they want to go for a Caleb Williams, I'm just saying, if they if they decide they want to pivot, 
or we'll try to pivot. I don't think that there's any pivot to make. We're like, in just the, a bad yeah. team. It's not. It's yeah. not about deciding to be bad. Like they're just yeah. bad. <laughs> you, I feel like there's hope there still for well, not no more. Well, yeah, I still feel like there's hope there for the defense. I just feel like we got to change the reins for the coordinator and, and see where that goes. Listen, the the Packers have talent on both sides of the ball. At this Man, point, they are underperforming uh, and they are undisciplined. And probably any other unword you can use to describe. <laughs> so, like, I, like again, mm. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm a Packers fan, yes, but they honestly don't deserve more of our time. Until they give I, us something worth our time to discuss. Because at this point, we're a broken record. I agree. <laughs> I'm sure so we'll we got any other trash, brother? Right. What you got, trash, bro? <laughs> hey, man. I, now y'all see how I feel. Welcome. Uh, welcome to the dark side. Uh, we've been going through this. Y'all y'all done had Hall of Fame quarterbacks for, three, for 30 years. We've been going through this for 30 years. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's trash. Um, yeah, but my thing is Jim Harbaugh, me please, man. Like I, Jim Har, like <laughs> I have no faith in Matt. Like he is pure trash. Like the thing that with um, with us losing like this week is that I was sort of happy about losing because it happened. And we couldn't put the blame on, oh, Justin feels this, Justin feels that. Like it, our play calling, our coaching, it just isn't there. So like, I feel like it was like a saving grace for, for my boy Fields. Um, unfortunately, like, I still think that he need to, you know, he need to move around or whatever, but we need to just blow it up, bro. Like, no, it's not working. And like, we need to get we need to get rid of we need to get rid of Matt and hit up um, Harbaugh. The, Michigan is doing great this season. They're like one of the powerhouses in college football. He's been going through a lot of BS though, like you know, um, as well like legal stuff. And I feel like like the course is coming up for that that he needs to move around. And I think the Chicago Bears is the best fit for him. He's he was our quarterback. We, we, you know, Bear fans love him still. So I feel like it'd be a great fit. And I feel like that he can come in and, and give us the structure that we need, but also come in and just change the culture that we have. I feel like that he, you know, he would be the best fit right now. One thing I will say about uh, Harbaugh is like to that point that you made about it might be time for him to move around. Like it seems like that tends to be the case. Like every stop, like he comes in, he wins, and then he wears out his welcome and he moves on to the next thing. Happened mm-hmm. at Stanford, happened with the Niners, and now it's going to be happening with Michigan. Although, like, some of the stuff that they're Michigan. getting in trouble for, it's like, you know, like, there's some scandal with an assistant coach that is apparently, like, stealing signs. It's like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, it's not a big deal to me. It's like, hide your signs better. <laughs> like, it was, <laughs> it was the same thing I had when it was tough in baseball. Right. It's like, everybody cheats. So, like, you mad because they were more sophisticated in their cheating? Like, okay. But no, bro, play fair. Bro. You got to cheat, folks. Just don't have me better. Don't cheat. Everybody cheats. Be better. Everyone cheats. I'm with everyone. Don't cheats. cheat. Be better. Everyone cheats. Be better at not letting people cheat off you. Exactly. It's like you you doing the test at your desk and you just like wide open with your shit. 
and then somebody else looking over your shoulder. It's like if you don't want somebody looking on your pants, like. And I know you getting straight A's. Of course, I'm a peak. Right. What are we doing here? It's a zero sum game. I see. Like, y'all, y'all, y'all was the ones in the class. I'm in the back like this. Right. Oh, like, hey, oh, I, I, I just didn't care because it didn't make no difference. No, nah, fam. It's my work. But no. Hey, it's it's enough A's for everybody. <laughs> 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 All right, let's move into some NBA news. Can kick us off. Um, the LA Clippers um, blockbuster trade end up um, acquiring James Harden. Um, out of some people are shocked about it. Some people are like, okay, we're expecting them uh, to go to the Clippers, but the sack, the mm-hmm. saga is over. Um, <laughs> What do you do? You guys think this is a good fit? Do you think it will work? Do you think that James Harden getting there is going to, you know, accumulate to them winning a championship, or is it just going to be the same old same? They get to the playoffs and get put out. I mean, if you bringing in James Harden, that's a full that's a full thing right there. Uh, (laughs) Become a better regular season. Um, I think that they've needed a proper point guard forever. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how. I mean, we've already seen how a team with James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and PJ Tucker, <laughs> you know, how what happens there. Mm-hmm. We've seen what happens when you have a team with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. <laughs> so, like, it's, I think it raises their regular season ceiling and their floor in the regular season because they cannot withstand injuries to their best two players. But I don't think it materially changes what the mm-hmm. outlook is for this team. At least not as presently constructed. Like, it's they still have so a couple months before. Like, I think that it was important for them to get the deal done now because it gives them more time to kind of work through what this team is, how they play together, and what mm-hmm. other pieces they need at the trade deadline. Like, if this would have, you know, like, dragged on through, like, the first 30 games, then you only have – whatever 50 whatever games left to mm-hmm. kind of try to figure it out and then you have to worry about okay if somebody gets hurt then we, you know like we play one way you get, so like now this gives you a longer runway to figure out what this team is and what they need going into the playoffs but again like i don't see it mattering in the grand scheme of things but it should help mm-hmm. them be more exciting and i think more it's relevant. an upside swing um james harden is still like you were saying a little bit earlier, he is the best point guard that they've had in quite some time now already. And you're going to be able now to move Russ to the bench. And when it's crunch time lineups, you won't have a guy out there like a Russ uh, who defenders can completely just sag off of because he's a shooting threat. They don't really care about like you have to still show James Harden a level of respect. And so far this season, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they've been hooping. Uh, the uh, Clippers defense has been pretty good so far this year, and now you're adding some offensive firepower with James Harden. The the, the thing with it is, like, on-court fit, I see how the idea of Harden works with George and Kawhi, but the thing is, I had heard some rumors that apparently he was getting kind of tired of uh, what are we thumbing No, sorry, uh, like, I'm trying to figure out how he got uh, the... <laughs> I tried to do it again. It didn't do it. <laughs> like it, it was like a cartoon thumbs down that came up. You wait till I find yeah, out how he did that. that. But uh, you wait till I find how to point to you, motherfuckers. 
But with Harden there, the thing <laughs> is going to be just usage. Like Paul mm-hmm. George and Kawhi Leonard both have the ball in their hands a lot. And now you're adding yeah. in James Harden. So that's a whole other dynamic they have to figure out now with usage. And then the other thing with it is just going to be health and then et cetera with James Harden because he can be a fickle superstar at times if you still want to call him a superstar. I see Dustin in the comment asks, is he even that anymore? Probably not. Maybe just a name. But he's still a valuable player uh, mm-hmm. that can do a lot for your team. And he's on the expiring contract as well. That's one more thing about the Clippers. Uh, Paul George and Kawhi have player options next year. This is the last year on this James Harden deal. So this could be the last hurrah for this version of the Clippers, as we have seen over the last few years. And if it is going mm-hmm. to be then like okay we got one shot at this one last shot let's throw James Harden like we don't have anything to lose at this point is how the Clippers are looking at it and I would also agree with that I don't think they have anything to lose by doing this and they didn't have to give up Terrence Mann or Norm Powell in this trade to complete the transaction so like like they didn't give up much like I don't think that the price is high which leads to the point like I don't think he's a superstar anymore like I think the rocket, uh, not the rocket. <laughs> the Celtics gave up more for Drew Holiday than the Clippers did for James Harden. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, it was a no-brainer. But at the same time, I, I, again, I don't feel like it's going to amount to much. I mean, like, I think that that would be a better regular season team, which is what I already said. But again, like, banking on James Harden coming in and lifting your ceiling in the playoffs it has proven. <laughs> You know the last three teams he's been on to be mm-hmm. kind of in there because he don't yeah. show up. Lakers still the best team in LA. To Camille's so don't point, get it twisted. Seeing yeah. where. The... <laughs> mm, we'll, we'll see because that's going to be a good ass game now. It's a. Uh... It's a. Uh... It's going to be real interesting seeing how they how they be sharing the ball, bro. Like, like on the one end, offensively, you should not have no problems. Defensively, you should still be good. Like, you should still be straight. So, plugging Harden in, keeping man, keeping Powell to a defense that's adding P.J. Tucker as well. Like, they might, they might find a way to make it work. I hear you, but again, now you have those two. If you can plug him between those two, he just elevates them just a little bit more. Like he can, you can kind of, even though he may seem overrated now at this point, he's still a really good defender when you have other helps, like the defenders he'll have around him too. So well, he can still be a big, yeah. So he can <laughs> still be a really big assistance there. So in essence, you still have that type. Quiet PJ, um, yeah. Harden oh, can average double digit. I mean, George, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Harden's gonna average double digits. He still will. He gonna try at some point to average double digit assists. Still, like he gonna he gonna lead the league in something. Even if he ain't points no more, I feel like assists. He's kind of shifted towards trying to lead the league in assists. So he gonna move that mug. Honestly, I don't know if they'll do some type of pick and roll with him or not. But the only one I feel like the oddball out who won't touch the ball as much would be Russ. Which off the bench she go. <laughs> But again, so, have Russ on your second unit with Norm Powell or have him with man, like it's going that's still a potent offense or you have athletic, you have uh speed, you have defense, you have 
still energy coming off your bench and whoever they feel around them. Like that's still not that's not bad, bro. Mm-hmm. So so I know we did our preseason um predictions on like um like who will be like you know one through ten. Mm-hmm. Does this does this trade change where you guys had the Clippers? Just or does it about the same? For the record, Tim thought the Clippers would finish eighth in the West. Eric had them at four. I had them at nine. Ken had them at eight. Yeah, I think I had them higher because I assumed that this was going to happen. So it doesn't change mm-hmm. my thoughts on where they end up. Okay. The West is, is I mean, the West is stacked. Uh, I had the Thunder, the Warriors, the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, the Kings, the Suns, the Lakers, and the Nuggets all better than the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Finishing the season better than the Clippers. And I still see that being a possibility at this moment. Like, again, yeah. I think it's going to be another year where the West is really tight, where it's just a couple of games separating from mm-hmm. like two to eight. Like, it's just yeah. going to be one of those years. It's just too much talent uh, in mm-hmm. the league right now. So, does it improve their chances? But how I viewed them, when I did the rankings, I did not account for James Harden being on the Clippers. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it definitely could. How? I'm not sure. I'm not even going to act like I got a crystal ball here on that one because the West is just it's just that tough. It's crazy. Okay. Uh, where do I go okay. next? So, like, it's definitely not them. But do you guys have, like, every, I don't want to phrase this. Do you guys have another team, like, besides – you know, Lakers for Ken, Bucks for the the rest of us. Like, do you have another team that either it's your league pass team or it's just another team that you feel like you root for outside of like your primary team or a team yeah. that's interesting to you for specific reasons? Like okay, for so. me, it, I was gonna say for me this year it's OKC. Okay, um, no I think I usually kind of gravitate towards teams that have kind of been building through the draft and like they wind up picking a bunch of guys that I was interested in before the draft and like just. <laughs> how they grow um, together. Yeah, I think also OKC is kind of a, a popular pick for a lot of people. Um, yeah, uh, which is funny because I think the first time I did that was with that young, like the original <laughs> Oklahoma City team when they had KD, Russ, Harden, Ibaka, like those young Thunder. I was like, man, they're interesting. Um and like that was before I had league pass, so it was I made a point to go when they were in Milwaukee. Um, but yeah, OKC is who I kind of gravitate to if I'm flipping through league pass, um, and you know the Bucks aren't playing. Okay, uh, I I agree with you on the OKC. Uh, I've been a fan of theirs for a little bit, um, as like the other team I kind of keep an eye on. I, I was a fan of the KD them squad, but then I kind of went back over there when Chris Paul rejoined them. Well, when Chris Paul joined them. So since then, I've been like, just kind of keeping an eye on them. Because again, once he left, they got their home, but they, get, they got really young. Shea was starting to grow, stuff like that. He became a, fa- a favorite of mine. And it's been, like you said, it's been interesting. Like the teams that build through the draft, I feel like it's always fun to kind of watch grow, especially if they start getting good. Because you're like, man, I remember y'all sucked, bro. <laughs> like, like, but maybe that's the Bucks fans in this. Maybe that's our us seeing our team kind of go through a process where we, we took some swings, we missed, we signed a free agent here and there, and we've seen different players come and go. And we, in essence, 
the draft got us to where we are now. And so maybe we kind of look at other teams like that. Like I, we respect their process. And if they get good, cool. We seen it. We have it to us. If they don't, good luck next time. I think, you know, <laughs> I, I like it. For me, I don't necessarily have another team that I'm like, have a rooting interest in. I just kind of follow players based on like play style and the type of players I like to watch playing basketball. So like my newest guy has been Devin Vassell, where it's like Spurs games, of course, are going to be fun because of oh, Wimby. Open. But I love the way that Devin Vassell hoops. His offensive game is just really smooth. Same with SGA in the Thunder. Like I just like watching him hoop. You know, I like guys mm-hmm. who got a really clean mid-range game, uh, can create for themselves. I also like uh, playmakers. So I still check in for LaMelo. My man's hasn't gotten off to a good shooting start to the season, though, mm-hmm. over there in Charlotte. But... It's the players. I love watching Luca. Like Luca really do be doing magic. The game he had where he hit four threes in a row for them to I was MVP. just like, yo, how is MVP. every three getting crazier? Like, so for me, I'm more so following yeah, I mean, just the them players low. that I like rather than I'm just trying to watch this team. So any night, mm-hmm. any given matchup, it's interesting to me if I like some of the guys who are hooping on that squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine would be um I do watch OKC because my boy Chet. You know, you are that's my you boy. Yeah, pause. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So I'm definitely, um, I do check it out to watch him. But my second team is Dallas. Like y'all know, I love Luca and Kyrie. Like two of my favorite players on the same squad. Like I'm a tune in. And Luca, like Luca, I, I got my boy winning MVP this year. <laughs> Again, there you go, bro. Yeah, <laughs> da- Dallas is hey, a fun yeah. team to watch. Where you go for Luca? <laughs> That man, uh, yeah, exactly. But they're a fun team to watch, though. Just seeing like they're they're really scrappy, if that makes sense. Like they're a team like okay, like, but they're they're also like such an up and down. Like they'll start off strong, but then they'll finish like weak, or they'll or vice versa. Like if any given night. So that's the only thing that's kind of the only consistent thing with that team is Luca's play, honestly. So you know what you go get from Luca every night. But other than that, like it's just. You have no clue. Kyrie? What we're gonna, what we're get into. No, Kyrie's consistent too, but not as consistent as Luca. Like we can go into the game, like okay, this is what Luca go do for sure. Kyrie, he still, he's Kyrie, so he still does what he does. He's still one of the best uh, ball handlers ever and stuff like that. But he isn't as consistent. Like I can't look at a looking like Kyrie go give me this, this, and this. Like Luca, you know, like okay, Luca go do this, he go do that. Yeah, he's gotten yeah. off to a little bit of a slow start from from three. I know for sure. Uh, yeah, kind of- uh-huh. yeah, for sure. Yeah, but he's still distributing the ball well, though. Mm-hmm. He's still doing him and being Kyrie. So, okay, fair enough. So it sounds like Camille and Ken, you guys kind of gravitate towards players, and then players kind of inform the teams that you watch a little bit more. Versus yeah. Tim and I, kind of look at the whole teams and like pick a team based off of. Oh, what players do they have and how do they kind of play together? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, it feels like with, with like your home, like the teams that you're loyal to, it's kind of like you just ride with them regardless. And you know, like yeah. through ups and downs, it's just like, well, I'm stuck here. Whereas yeah. the other teams, you can kind of float from different things. And you can kind of look for, you know, look for different criteria to kind of base that off of. Because it's definitely not OKC every year. It's just, it happens to be OKC this year. Yeah. Yeah. I feel it. I feel it. Tim, what's on your bird NBA related this week? Uh, speaking of homegrown, 
these Milwaukee Bucks of ours can include it. You know, he's a fan too. Uh, I, through the first three games, they've been interesting, but I've been paying more attention to the defensive side. Like, I know there's been trying to figure out the chemistry game, trying to find his, uh, like, comfortable, because first three games is at the crib. Game one was good. Game two was down. Game three was good. Uh, I felt like game one, he, I, I said that he struggled shooting a little bit in game one outside of that hot spell because he was nine for 20, but he had 17 free throws. So that it really did help the rest of that. But other than that, he was he was nine for 20. Like, um, outside of that, though, uh, I felt like the third game was good. No, but people paying attention to Dame and trying to figure out the offense. Like, look, I try to get comfortable with the rest of the players. You see uh, the spouts with Chris. For me, though, I've been trying to figure out how we're going to stop people. <laughs> and the thing that stood out the most, and it's going to be glaring, it's going to be jarring, is because of the fact that we're missing Drew Holiday now. But I feel like our defense now went from people trying to. So the point of attack now has become the focal point, I feel like, of teams that are specifically guard heavy, like Atlanta. Like Atlanta, for example. We got smoked because both of their guards are the ones that kind of fuel the entire offense. We had a guard, or guards, including the uh, Eric Bledsoe's and stuff like that. I kind of like feel like the kid era ushered in more of the bigger defensive guards. But we also had the Javon Carter's too. So when we had guys like that, the point of attack was, in essence, getting confused, confuddled a little bit at the start because of the fact that those guys getting the balls out of the, they're getting the guard ball out the hand quicker, things like that. They pick them up full court, which we got excited for. We ain't finna ask nobody pick nobody a full court on this motherfucking team right now. Outside of maybe Marshawn or maybe uh, the the rookie. Other than that, us missing somebody at the point of attack, I feel like guards are now looking at it like, no, I'm going to get my shit off now. As opposed to when it was Drew, eventually you go be like, how can I get my shot off with these guys? Or how can I get my shot off against Javon? Or how can I get my shot off against Bledsoe? If they're hounding you all night, whereas now it feels like what it looks like to me that the guards are looking, licking their chops. And this is when they see Dame at the top, like, I'm going to just go ahead and attack him. I'm just go ahead that way, which is kind of opening up everything else because it looks like I may be wrong that we have a rotating defense and our guys aren't necessarily catching these rotations the way that they need to. So they're leaving people wide open in the corners. Why? But booting that get open in the corners and it's bothering me. But that's not even what's killing us. The killing us is, is the pain. <laughs> so it's like, damn, where do we go? And I've seen it a couple of times where it looked like people confused or got lost a little bit on the rotation. Understandable. It's the first three games. I was like, but. I'm looking at the defense, and I'm like, we we so used to having a top five to ten defense for them damn near the past decade because we've had guys in place to stop the point of attack. Whereas Buzz, or my model was, you ain't getting on my court if you ain't playing defense. And I felt that way the first game, as the same way I felt the third game, is that defense has not become number one no more, but it's more so maybe two or three. All right, so I felt that way since the jump, and it, it, number two kind of really showed that. But I was like, shit, We'll see what happens. Game three, it was a lot better. But, it, yeah, it was crazy. It, it, it's, it's, I'm more so concerned, like, okay, what do we do to go ahead and stop these guards from teeing off on us? And it's a lot of really good ones in this league. Well, so, I mean, I can I can rebut. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's funny because we had five years of Bud. So that was five years of having a very solidified, very conservative 
defensive attack. Like the drop is keep everything in front of you. Don't get put into rotation, fight over every screen, kind of funnel everything to the paint. Whereas now it's trying to get into passing lanes. It's being a little bit more daring, going for steals, deflections, disruption. And that when that breaks down, like that does lead to a lot of open baskets. Uh, these two, you know, like where the defense gets broken down and it's just like an easy parade to the basket. So, which is funny because if you remember back six years ago, these are the same complaints that we had about Jason Kidd's defense. Very similar. And so it's like <laughs> they they keep swinging wildly from one end of the spectrum to the other. And it's like, I know the shortcomings that Bud's and his defense specifically had in the playoffs. But that gave you a much higher floor in the regular season because, you know, like over the 82, like the the law of averages averages out so that you you win more than you lose. But like it's such a small sample size of the playoffs that if somebody, if, you know, somebody gets hot or they hit a bunch of contested shots or or they find like these little pockets that the Bucks defense was willing to give up that would get you beat. Um, so, like, I'm concerned just because they don't have the personnel anymore defensively. Like, to your point, like, we've had, what, eight years, I think, of Drew, but so even guys, to your point, Javon Carter, George Hill, Dante DiVincenzo, Wes Matthews, like, these are all primarily defensive players first and foremost. Um, that are really stout at the point of attack, really good at fighting over screens, really good at playing defense without fouling, which I don't think any of those things can be used to de- to define the guards that they have now outside of Marjan, if you want to classify him as a guard. So it it's going to take some getting used to as a Bucks fan, watching a team that doesn't have that defensive, defensive identity words um but i do think part of their calculus is great defense only gets you so far and this is the offense first league and once we get our our offense kind of put together we should be able to outscore everybody and the defense can be just good enough because you still have brooke you still have Giannis, and they'll kind of keep the floor outside of the bottom 10 i guess um and maybe as the gear goes on, they kind of get those rotations down. They kind of get the nuances of the defense that Adrian Griffin is trying to implement in place to where there aren't so many, like, glaring Jesus Christ, how to do get wide open in the dunker spot. Like, um, so I'm, I won't even say I'm hopeful because I actually don't have that high of an opinion of Adrian Griffin thus far. But again, it's only been a week into the regular season. But I'm also concerned, but I do think that it will get better as the year goes on. But I also said the same thing about the Packers, so. (laughs) The, I'll be quick, uh, because we're already running up on an hour now. The Bucks defense was my biggest concern going into the season, because when you hire Griffin, he talks about his scheme, and you think you have Drew Holiday as your point of attack point guard, uh, it makes a little bit more sense. You swap him out with Dame, uh, then you kind of slide towards, okay, let's start also Malik Beasley because of that shooting that he can provide 
given the gravity that Giannis and Dane will create. So more opportunities, more open shots. Let's get a shooter out there. I get it. I get it. And people compare, you know, this Bucks team to Toronto teams of the past. And the big difference between those Toronto teams of the past is that they had better wing defenders than this Bucks team currently does. So I have some questions about if personnel fits scheme, uh, because also seeing Brooke Lopez have to be very aggressive and play up. And like, it's, it's different seeing him not in a drop. He is a slow man and it's no disrespect to Brooke, but he's a seven footer who is like 260 pounds, whatever the weight is. 80. And he moves slowly. And that is just is what it is. If you have him as somebody who's pressuring on ball and then he has to also try to drop back at some point or switch or make any movement that's going to be quick. <laughs> uh, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage a if you think that that is going to be a feasible thing to continue to do. And then also like this high trapping off or defense that they're playing, aggressive. A big change that I've noticed with this defense and those of Bud's passes that we know Bud was somebody who didn't like fouling. If you fouled, Marsha already said it, I'm sitting on the bench. Can't be that aggressive because I have to play with a certain leash on me. And Griff is letting these dudes keep hooping when they got two fouls in the first. He's not even pulling them. He's just kind of like, keep doing what you're doing right now because you're, I'm assuming he's saying like, you're doing what I'm asking you to do. And the whistle just isn't going our way. And I say all that to say, there are many different ways to play defense. At its core, this Bucks defense still looks to do what Buzz defense did, which is limit at the rim and limit threes. They're just executing it in completely different ways. And we'll see which way is going to be most effective given the personnel that we had. I also think about the fact that this is Griff's first season. Uh, when you are trying to insert, you know, your new scheme on a team, you're trying to bring in your players, but the Bucks were in a position this summer where they didn't have much room to do anything. They kind of had to bring it back as it was. So this could be trying to put, you know, a square peg in a, in a round hole and it's just not going to work the way that he is envisioning it. But maybe in two, three years when he has more players that fit his scheme, it's more fruitful. And right now we're just trying to see exactly what that looks like which is why I'm somebody who has such high hopes for a Marjan uh, to try to break through in that roster because he seems like the kind of player that would fit in the scheme a lot better. But again, if the Bucks can end this season with just having a average defense and an elite offense, it's still a win. Like this team can still win a championship with that formula. It doesn't have to be done the same way that it was done when they won in 2021. So we'll see. I was saying through three games, they don't have either. So like, I want, you know, the offense kind of needs to kick it in the gear too. Um, and it's early still. And you got guys yeah, yeah. adjusting. Like I'm not, it's well, like you said, it's through three games. So like, I'm yeah, not, is, is pushing the right way. but it's, it's something to keep an eye on and just kind of track how it continues to progress, progress or regress throughout the season. And like one last point, because I know, like you said, we're running out of time, but it's like I brought up the point of them swinging wildly between the two different extremes. It's like, can we just like focus on versatility? Because I think that that's what ultimately you need in the playoffs, because you might get one series where an aggressive trapping defense really works because of the offensive personnel of the opponent, whereas then you know, the next round you you advance and then you get a team where it's like, okay, we need to be a little bit more conservative. We need to stop threes. We need to do this. We need to do that. It's like, if you only have one pitch, like that was what Bud always got in trouble for is that he will only have one pitch and then you don't have anything to pivot to. 
like the one year they actually tried that they actually finally started implementing like okay a little bit more switching a little bit more trapping a little bit more hedging a little bit more blah 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 that was the year that they won a title like granted some luck broke their way in the playoffs but like they were at least able to you know like the sun series like they tried things at the beginning that didn't really work they get down to a hole then they go back to basically their base defense and that's what kind of leads them through but because like they had different things to try, like that kind of got them through the playoffs that year. Um, and it's just kind of frustrating to see like now you're not even leaning on. Like when Adrian Griffin was hired, he basically was like, oh, you know, I'm not here to break anything. Like I'm just here to make minor tweaks. And it seems like he just jumped the entire defense when you still have the personnel, save for Drew, which is like a big part of it. So I'm not saying that, but you still have Brooke kind of as the centerpiece of your defense. It's like, Maybe play to his strengths a little, a little bit more, or at least see if that works with Dame and Malik Beasley on the perimeter, as opposed to just like putting him out of position. Now his value to the team is a little bit more diminished because you're not playing to his strengths on the perimeter. <laughs> One like, thing why is he about feet away from the basket. He'll throw about four or five different defensive schemes out in the same same game. So that aspect of just trying different things out and, and seeing what works best is, you know, something that he has already shown that he's willing to do. And I do question, too, because this is his first year here. He's getting used to the players. If he is just throwing things out to see how guys can respond to doing certain things. So as the season continues to progress, he puts them in the best position to succeed. So we'll see. I see Mark had a comment saying that, you know, it's still early. Ask me this question, you know, if it's still happening in January, February. And honestly, that's probably the best way to look at it. Um, but again, something to keep an eye on as the season progresses. So, um, I really regret uh, committing to the sleeveless look because it is cold now. Um, yeah. <laughs> the one thing I wanted to talk about really quick is just the NBA player participation policy. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of hoopla around the NBA during yeah. that in the first place. The NBA has been seemingly looking for as many ways as possible uh, to keep star players on the court playing in as many games as they can. That's part of why they implemented the end-season tournament, which has rules around star players must, you know, you can't rest during these games. That's part of why the NBA um, also has inserted the the game minimum for winning league awards because they want guys to play in as many games as they can. And also why you see the league coming out with new, new research, quote-unquote, that says, hey, low management, don't they actually work? So y'all shouldn't do it no more. And the timing of it all is just very interesting. But I've seen so many people during this first week talking about the player participation, like, oh, my God, they already testing it. And guys are sitting outside of Philly where they had Harden. They turned him away from the plane and then said, you can't come to Milwaukee and sit at home. And when they were thinking of resting Joel Embiid in their home opener, none of the other ones, maybe you can say Jimmy Butler sitting in Minnesota. Uh, is one where you're like, mm, should he have, have to play in that one? But other guys are hurt. Bill is hurt. <laughs> Book mm-hmm. is hurt. Like so, the, like he's out indefinitely. So who is Booker? So mm-hmm. like Fox, he's out now, and it's not because he's resting and they're trying to skirt around. Like it's a game. It's a physical game. Not like football, where you're getting hit all the time. But you got so much movement, and you're, you're falling on mm-hmm. hardwood. Like injuries happen. And that's going to be part of it. But just because a star player isn't playing doesn't mean they're violating the rule immediately. Like, you have to understand why that player is sitting in the first place. And then if it's not passing the smell test of, you know, it's a national game, 
two star guys resting and all the other rules they have, then for sure blow that whistle. But otherwise, like things are really going to operate as they have. They just want to encourage guys to play in national games and to play the games they can. So I just want to throw it out there because I saw a lot of people talking about how many guys and how this policy was being tested so heavily. And I was like, outside of Philly, it hasn't really been tested too much over this first week. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, I saw that definitely with the Suns, especially game one when Bill was sitting here like, I'm like, he he's probably injured. <laughs> like, injuries still happen. Like, just because it's the first game of the season doesn't mean, like, he didn't tweak something in practice or, like, something happened mm-hmm. in one of the preseason games. Like, injuries did reset. <laughs> like, I don't think it benefits the team to start resting him in day one. Like, even before this policy was implemented, like, nobody did that. So, you know, so. just want to throw it out there. But let's talk some wrestling. Then we can hit our quick hits and get up out of here. <clears throat> Eric. Oh, my bad. Uh, Crown Jewel is this Saturday. Um,. It's a pretty stacked card, to be quite honest. Like, they usually do a big, what do they call it, Riyadh season or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. A 10-match 10 car, 10 match card. Um, which match are you guys looking for, most forward to? Camille, I guess. Uh, this might sound funny, but John Cena and Solo Sequoia. Solo Sequoia because, like, one of the storyline has been just fascinating around – uh, the bloodline and everything that's going on with them, but mm-hmm. John Cena's uh, summer of Cena is over now. Summer is over. We knew Cena's contract that he had initially with the WWE was pretty much through uh, the end of October. We're here now, uh, and the way that they have been framing him is he's going and kind of being like, "Do I still have it? I feel like I'm losing it a little bit." Like you already knew I had five moves <clears throat> Doom, and now it's not hitting the same way. Like. I can't be a liability out in the ring and I really want to make sure when I'm out here, I'm giving y'all something. And he has been harping on this. And at SmackDown, he made a guarantee saying, I promise you I'm going to win this match against Solo. And on the other side, you got Solo who got Roman in his ear and Solo's like, I can't lose this either. So like just the dynamics that they use to build uh, Mm -hmm. this rivalry, I've had found it very entertaining and I look forward to seeing it. Of course, I look forward to seeing my guy, yeah, LA Knight. <laughs> but uh, the match itself that I'm most interested in happens to be John Cena and, and Solo Sokol. You got to hear the trumpets, dog. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. That's my shit. Yeah. Yeah. We are different levels. <laughs> you hey, like, uh, uh, <laughs> yo. Use that old drop. <laughs> See, y'all on that shit. Don't start. Can we on that? Yeah, my, um, I'm most looking forward to the undisputed um, Universal Championship match, Roman Reigns versus yeah, um, LA Knight. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see like LA Knight like get his push. The only thing that kind of sucks, well, I ain't gonna say kind of sucks, but like I'm going into it knowing that he isn't going to win. If that makes sense, like it's cool that LA Knight is being put on the pedestal, but then like. Um, as I was at SmackDown and like seeing everything, I was just like, like what if what if they did because they push LA Knight so heavy? What if they did let him beat Roman? Like what like what would that actually do or whatever? So I'm excited to see what the outcome is going to be. Um, I convinced myself that I don't know what's going to happen, so 
I'm, it makes me even more excited to see it. So, yeah, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, that's that's the number one for me, too, just because I'm fascinated. And I think we'll get to that conversation later, but I'm just fascinated with kind of like all the moving parts that are going on where, one, you know, it's, Roman is three years into this run and he has limited dates and he doesn't work that often, but he has like the most compelling storyline going, even when he's not on screen, like it's still, you still feel his presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, just see, seeing like this long-term storytelling vehicle in Roman Reigns going up against this guy that's just basically come out of nowhere in the last nine months um, and really get to the point where it's like, this is a if this was if this culminated at mania you'd be like this makes sense you know what i mean like this is it's not a mania main event but it will it could easily have been a mania main event just because of how hot Mm -hmm. la night has gotten over the last six months or whatever Mm -hmm. so like to me me, like it's just the juxtaposition of those two Mm-hmm. You know, again, polar opposites where it's like one's a hot shot and the other is just like a slow burn and they're meeting at this point where it's like you don't it, it wouldn't I keep wanting to say it wouldn't make sense for him to win but it would make sense for him to win but it's like what come back to me because like I'm trying to formulate the words that I want to say because it's just it, it like the, the in-ring going up against each other but then also like so much out of it the storytelling opportunities that they have and the different mm-hmm. directions that they can go going forward oh that's what it was about ken um shit, i lost it again sorry <laughs> <laughs> um i to three of us uh i am also looking forward to the roman reigns la night match uh the reason being is because i am one of the main reasons why I love wrestling and have always loved wrestling, even when I found out how wrestling actually operates, is the fact that I love being in the realm of disbelief. I love being suspended in that reality in the world that wrestling creates to where anything could possibly happen at any given moment. So for mm-hmm. me, being a fan of LA Knight and having actually recently been like, hey, when they go get my boy a belt, I wasn't expecting a shot at the the main belt. I was more so like build them up, keep building them up like y'all been building them. Let them catch one in the mid card and slowly let them, you know, get arraigned and lose that to get up there. But him going through this now and like you said, the way he just kind of he got hot. And if this became a mania moment, it would be like a Daniel Bryan moment. Is in essence how we would feel about it because. The fans, in essence, boosted Brian to his moment. And that's kind of where we feel or fans feel like they are now with L.A. Knight. And they're trying to, in essence, replicate that, which to a degree, that was a double-edged sword by the WWE. Vince refused to try to give it to the fans because he didn't want to feel like the fans could just make anything happen. One time they did, fans been really trying to make it happen again. So, uh, but with L.A. Knight, it feels a lot more uh, same organic, like, People just got behind them. They start fucking with them. They kept, like catchphrases, like the mic work and things of that nature. So for him to get an opportunity at these events where they usually trying to put, they've been trying to put on a spectacle the last couple of years for sure. The last couple of events have been really good, actually. Um, a couple of title changes. It's not, and so me jumping back into this world of, uh, maybe it could. I feel like 
this is my match that I'm looking forward to. One, I'm a, I've I've been a fan, but then my wife made me not a fan, but I'm still kind of a fan of Roman Reigns. <laughs> uh, big fan of LA Knight. So them two having a match finally for me is why is, is it's part of the. I really hope he can do this, even though realistically, like that belt ain't moving. But if it could, it would be dope. I remember my point really quick before we move on. Can you like basically like it, but uh, what's his name? Bubba Ray Dudley. He's like, if they can cheat cheat LA Knight out of the win in the right way, it creates so much more sympathy for him going forward, and you can make him an even bigger star. So essentially, it's like screw mm-hmm. him the right way. <laughs> Pause. But like, <laughs> if you screw him the right way, like you can really build upon the storyline. So that's what I'm saying. Like it can it can kind of go in so many different directions that. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what path they take. Yeah, what they're gonna do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess that's it for the for the crown jewel. I think it's what what do you say noon on uh, noon central time on Saturday. Yeah, so. central time. Yeah, we'll be watching. If I remember, uh, Tim, what you got? Um. So Roman. Has been holding on, like you mentioned before. So, I was kind of thinking about, like, all right, what do you consider a successful title reign? Or what do you consider a good title reign? Um, And do you consider a fighting champion part of that equation? Because there have been champions who've held the belt for many days and months, and they may have wrestled five, they may have defended the belt five times in 12 months. Other time it's promo, maybe because they hurt, maybe because they're sick or whatever the case may be. But a lot of people like, damn, you holding the belt hostage, give it to somebody else who's going to actually defend it regularly. Mm-hmm. Do you consider, because of the fact that they don't defend it regularly, or them not being a quote-unquote fighting champion, because the fighting champion is kind of how Seth was at first when he first got the belt. He was defending that mug every every Monday. He was on NXT defending that motherfucker. Like, he was just, Becky, when she got the belt, they was on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, main events, they were defending that mug 24-7. Does that matter to you as as far as making Reigns successful? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, go ahead, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll be quick. Um, I don't think it necessarily matters anymore. Um, I'll, I'll use Brock Lesnar um, as an example. Like, Brock Lesnar didn't necessarily defend his title um, like I that. Hated it. <laughs> but it's but every time but see every time he did it was a spectacle though so i feel like as long as you can build up the hype and you can make the storyline work make me still be in, interested i feel like that that means more because honestly like the seth and becky route when they're fighting like you fighting every week like three times a week or twice a week like i think that's a little too much if that makes sense Mm-hmm. So I feel like you know I, I don't necessarily feel like you have to be a fighting champion, but you not defending the title as much does. I don't really feel like that matters either. As long as you can make when you do when it when it comes time for you to defend your title, that it's a spectacle or you're making. I'm involved. Like I want to be like I want to be drawn to it. Like so, I don't think you got to fight every night for me to be like, oh, like you're a great champion. I'm with I'm with Ken on that one, and I want to also say I think that's particularly true for like the big belt so Mm -hmm. the world champion like that is exclude my feelings on that is exclusive to that belt 
because it yeah. is the, the top belt in the company and it means that you had to work your way up there to get it so i feel mm-hmm. like at that point you've earned that right to not be there every night it makes like the spectacle of it feel larger like oh my god maybe not as infrequent as brock was because mm-hmm. he wasn't even like building a storyline he would just show up and be like all right it's time to fight with Roman he also does not fight often he's not at every show but he's still in storyline so you're seeing him and I think mm-hmm. that is part of it as well like if you can still be involved in storyline yeah when you're not fighting it helps keep the interest up because when you finally do step out there to you know wrestle it means something so mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think you have to be a fighting champion for the title reign to be like successful yeah yeah, y'all pretty much took everything I was gonna say. <laughs> like I was gonna say, like <laughs> Air City can kind of make things bigger. Like it's why NFL individual NFL regular season games matter so mm-hmm. much more than MLB or NBA. It's just because you only have so many. You can you have to make your impact. You know, in a, less is more effect. Less is more essentially. Um, but I do think that there are times when, like John Cena's U.S. Open Championship, whatever the fuck it was called, a couple years ago, where every week he would come out and like, "Hey, somebody come fight me!" Like I like that he can't. Like I like that that was a segment that I could count on every week, and it was always going to be like either somebody surprising or somebody debuting or somebody returning, and they'll. You know, like, and it will be a good match because they will give it time. So, like, there are so many different ways to skin a cat. So, it really depends on what the storyline is. Like, the belt ultimately is just a prop for storytelling. Like, it in and of itself, it doesn't mean anything technically. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it only denotes like it's the thing that they're going for, but like how they tell a story around you know, like different people's motivations for doing different things. Like that's why like Cena didn't hold the belt for a year, but he was always in the main event because like it was about his storytelling and like that was the long term story that they were telling. Was okay, you know, the the rise and fall and rise again of John Cena over that year was the most important thing on the show. Like now it's Roman Reigns is the most important thing on the show and that's because he has this belt. But the belt only matters because it props him up as the tribal chief. It props him up as a man. It mean, you know, like he's made it mean that specific thing. Gunther's mm-hmm. reign only matters because he's made it that specific thing. Mm-hmm. He talked about it with the Miz last night, where it's like, I made that title relevant because for years the IC belt was just there, and then Miz had it, and he kind of made it mean something. And but that was because of the story that they were telling. So it, it that's a long winded way for me to say like the story dictates what makes a good championship reign versus, you mm. know, whether you fight a bunch, you fight a little, you fight <laughs> women, whoever, it, it, it depends on what, you know, like what the story is behind it. Speaking of, speaking of stories, let me tell you all the story real quick. This past Friday, I went to WWE SmackDown. Ken also went, so he can jump mm-hmm. in and add on to the story as well because it's going to be our story since we went. <laughs> this was the first live wrestling TV wrestling event I've gone to since like 2015 or so. It's been a very long time. And that mm-hmm. was a pay-per-view in Houston. Tim, whatever that trip was, that's the last wrestling show I've been to live where it was actually aired on TV. 2013, bro. Dang. So... It, it was a while ago, so I haven't been to a televised show in a long time. And first off, I did not expect it to be a double feature. I should have, knowing that they were doing Crown Jewel the next weekend. So, of course, they wouldn't be filming on that this upcoming Friday, since they have to be mm-hmm. 
overseas on Saturday. Should have known. Didn't. Yeah. So when SmackDown ended and they said, stay tuned for another episode. I looked at my husband what? like, <laughs> episode of what? We <laughs> need a lot more. This just ended. What? Yeah. And they didn't like pause or nothing. They just oh. went right to it. He was like, Jesus Christ. Look, let me get prepared for a second. I was let me get more again. <laughs> no, like you were standing there like, wait, what? And then you hear Kevin Owens music and you just like Yeah. You're like, whoa. Like huh? we doing this, okay. Wait, so what spoilers should y'all give us for uh for Friday? A little bit. Kevin Owens wrestles on this upcoming week of Smack now. But mm-hmm. it was it was crazy. I, I didn't make it for the two for one special. I, I, I didn't either. It maybe halfway, three-fourths of the way through the second episode of SmackDown before my husband had some pity on me and was like, let's let's roll on. <laughs> I was about 10, 15. Man was about to stick you in the Uber. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, yeah, it was it was dope. Like, again, like Camille said, like, the two-for-one, I took my little man and, like, you know, he was invested, but he was just, yeah, he wasn't going to make it. So yeah, we had to dip out. So we dipped out at like ten or something like that. Um, but one of the main things that like I, I I we just went like a few months ago. It was a house show though. So like house shows are like totally different than you know than the um, actual like televised shows. Um, but realizing like not hearing the um, commentators like makes a huge difference to the match like going to a live show you be like dude like the camera work like the you know the commentators and everything truly like make a match so like that that's like that that's what i took away like seeing it i was like dang like it, it makes a huge difference on a match because hey, i went I back yeah i went back and watched it on the tv i'm like i did not feel that when i was there <laughs> or you know like <laughs> it, it was crazy it's all on the wrestlers when you're actually in the arena where it's like it's on y'all. Mm-hmm. So there were certain wrestlers who stood out to me where I was like, oh, you are actually really fun to watch. Like uh yeah. profits watching them wrestle. I was like, oh, y'all. Yeah, that was dope. Yeah. Got it. Like you understand yeah. the dynamics, how to work the arena, the crowd, mm-hmm. sell the moves. They were great. So was uh, Pretty Deadly. That was another one where I was like, nah. y'all. <laughs> They're about to win the belt again real soon. Uh-huh. Y'all got well, something. But the big one now. The other thing that just stood out was like the crew. Like they do so much oh, yeah. you don't see on camera and the camera yeah. crew is cold because they don't even show you the crew working, but like they be moving and grooving and cleaning up and moving, yeah. changing the ring out in between every commercial break so people are standing there. Like I they swear. were out there working and yeah, they was in the building. I want to yeah, say that. There. And I, I was sitting there and I was like thinking of his age and said he was probably a Cena baby. And then when John Cena came out, the man's marked out. So I was like, oh yeah, he was definitely. <laughs> when Cena was throwing the, the wristbands and the hats, all I saw was one of the largest hands just reaching out, like just like, uh, <laughs> like for real. He was like, Cena, like me, throw it here, <laughs> need it. <laughs> he got it too. He, you could see he was just so excited. And that's what uh-huh. is so cool about wrestling. Like it's just this really personal thing. Like, the crowd yeah. is so different and it's like no judging in the crowd because there's no one person to cheer for. It's just I don't know. Wrestling crowds are cool. And in yeah. LA Knight and Cena and everybody else, like it was it was cool. Yeah, it was super dope because that was my first time seeing John Cena live. <laughs> and like my son, like my son literally like hopped up, he talked like doing the John Cena chat ch- and stuff. Like he was super so it was dope to see him super excited. I was like, Oh, like that's dope. 
like when Lil Man was super geeked about it. Um, but yeah, it was dope to see John, um, John Cena. But LA Knight, like oh, being in the man. arena when he comes, you like, yo, this dude's stupid over fan. Like I, <laughs> as soon as it as soon as it went off, like I fanned out. Like I was, just, I was like, yeah, yeah, let's go, LA Knight, LA Knight, doing the cats, all types of stuff, bro. So yeah, it was super dope. Let me, that was let cool me, that they gave him that moment because like I, nobody else has interrupted Roman during his yeah entrance and it's like that's a very simple thing but like that shows like like that's some shit that The Rock would have did or that's some shit that Stone Cold uh-huh. did, you know what I mean like and yeah. not comparing the two but I'm just saying like those are the type of moments that they give to somebody where they're like yeah like when they want you to look cool as hell like that's some shit that they'll have you do you know what I mean I'll mm-hmm. end it with this the point at how over LA Knight is. Again, it was two different SmackDown shows. Mm. LA Knight came out a lot. I think he came out at least four times, maybe five, between the two shows. The pop didn't change either time. (laughs) (laughs) People weren't tired of seeing LA Knight. Like music hit and everybody is still, (laughs) the same way where it was like, every time it hit, it didn't matter. Like people went up. Bianca was similar. Both times yeah. she came out, big man. Pop. She's so fine, yo. I think she got finer, bro. Like to be honest. <laughs> and one thing about L- real quick about LA Knight, please give us a new finisher. It's so trash. Like that finisher is trash. Like seeing him do it on Roman. No, but when he hit it on Roman, I'm like, fam, he can't beat Roman with that, bro. <laughs> like, let's be serious, folks. Like my son can go in there and do that, fam. Like, stop. I mean, he bop you on the top like, of your head on the mat. What you talking about? No, bro, that's crap. Trash, bro. He also boxed Bobby. himself on the bat. Like when he did like, yeah, he got to put the whole body into like, it. Honestly, no, uh Crumfrows is like that too. It's like that's gonna help like if that was a real move, like it would hurt Cody just as much more or than it would yeah. his opponent. So it's the same same deal. That should be hey, something. Bro, no. Bring that up that, next. That, I wanna talk about the top five finishers and the, the worst five in wrestling now. Oh yeah, we definitely talk do about that. finishers next week. But oh, we bring it to the top five, right? No, oh, yeah. I just, <laughs> it don't gotta be five. <laughs> Whatever number, but just talking about the best and the worst. Maybe we do if everybody think of what they think the best and the worst is or whatever. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure that out. Sure. But some no. quick hits before we get out of here. Uh we mentioned the injury uh to Kirk Cousins, but also just want to point out the fact that Portland Trailblazers guard Anthony Simons is expected to miss four to six weeks, unfortunately, with a UCL tear in his right thumb. Big blow for them. NBA mm-hmm. unveiled their courts for the end season tournament that begins on Friday. Mm-hmm. I love the courts. They've been controversial, but I think yeah. it's something cool, something different yeah, to do. Dope. You know, kind of cool. And then last but not least, Magic Johnson became the fourth athlete to earn billionaire status. He joined hey. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Tiger Woods as four athletes that are billionaires. So shout out to oh. the Magic Man. Shout out, Magic. Shout out to him. Shout uh, out, I, shit, I guess she part of sports now. Swifty hit a billion too. Don't do that. Exactly, dog. She's part of NFL now. Don't do no, that. She ain't part of nothing, fam. Eric, you got your blow the whistles? I sure do. Um, I had two. One is Valley Sports. Um, yesterday I went to watch. <laughs> let, me, let me back up. Thursday, I was out of town at a work function. Sunday, I, during the Hawks game, I was on a flight back home. So I tune in Monday, finally get to watch the Bucks for the first time this season. 
and Bally Sports app blew up. Didn't work, couldn't log in, couldn't see the game at all because the NBA's blackout rules, can't watch it on League Pass. I'm just fucked. Bally Sports, get your shit together. Like, this is going on three. Whenever they switched over from Fox, which Fox Sports net or whatever wasn't the greatest to begin with but ever since they made the switch over to valley sport like it seems like the app has got progressively worse like it's laggy it's buggy like the stream quality isn't that great now i can't even log into it i'm paying 20 dollars a month for standalone service oh really well i want to watch my basketball team like yeah it's the only way that i can so you know like they filed for bankruptcy. Hopefully, the NBA and the Bucks specifically are moving towards a standalone model where they don't have to go rely on the RSNs, the regional sports networks. But that, that's unacceptable. Gotcha. It really is. No, that's right. Like you have one job, and that's to let me watch my basketball. Well, watch. Let me watch the sports that I'm paying for, and to not have that be available for, you know. It's, uh, early season matchup by two teams that you know it's a very every game is important but like it's a very important game and for a very important night like it's the first Monday of the regular season right like you, you fucking with the church's money at that point um my was on Deion Sanders I've held my tongue a little bit on this show I've made it clear I'm not a big fan of Deion Sanders but y'all were enjoying them I ain't want to rain on no parades but <laughs> Some of Dion's old, like now that they've been losing, some of his old, I don't know, like some of his old personality quirks that were kind of masked by the winning are starting to rear his head again. Um, Specifically, he was asked after the game this weekend, like how can he keep Shador healthy? And he said it starts with the offensive line. And right now, he don't have – I'm paraphrasing. He doesn't have good offense alignment, but he's going to make sure next year he does. Um, and that's it. And it's like, as a coach, to throw your players under a bus like that is, one, messed up. Two, I don't see how the recruits that are looking at you next year are going to be like, you know, if shit gets hard, he's just going to – you know, like, I'm replaceable. I'm, I'm disposable. Like, that doesn't – reflect well there and then third part is that's a good way to get your son fucked up because like the people that you're counting on to protect him week in week out are now like okay he don't want me like why would i be invested on this football team and doing my job when i know that i'm not gonna have this job next year Mm -hmm. i mean like your boss talking about like oh yeah i'm gonna fire dude at the end of the month but we gotta get through this busy season first it's like fuck this job (laughs) you know what i mean like (laughs) it's just bad coaching all around and like to say that in a press conference, like I get you're upset, it's after a loss, you're frustrated, but like as the adult in the room, which you always purport yourself to be, like that's like 101, like always shield your kids from criticism, don't pile it on them with your big ass mm-hmm. laugh. That's all I got. Hmm. Whistle blown. All right. We're going to get out of here this week. As always, we appreciate y'all for rocking with us, for tuning in. As a reminder, please subscribe on the YouTube if you have not already. Even if you just listen on the audio platform, the subscription helps when you see us pop up. Just drop a comment, drop a like. All of that is helpful, and it helps push us up in that YouTube algorithm to help more people find us. So it's very important uh, for y'all to do that. If you listen on the audio platforms, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you rate and review. And as always, no matter where you listen or how you listen, share the show. 
with your people. Put somebody new onto Tech File because again, I'm eating off this now, y'all, and mm. I'm gonna need <laughs> y'all. <help. laughs> so, parting words, I'm gonna just say be safe. Eric already mentioned the fact in Milwaukee it was 80 degrees last week. I was literally wearing a Giannis jersey, arms out outside, cool. And this week it's been it, it it's not the same. Bad snow today, like ice, random thunder and lightning. All quick, too. Like, it was a 50-degree swing from where we were last week, Tuesday. So, if you're in Milwaukee, be safe. Take care of yourselves wherever you are hearing my voice. If you're not feeling well, stay at home. Mm-hmm. All right? Stay at home. If you want to follow me on... Oh, Bill says his first time watching. Fantastic. Hey, Free- welcome. Hello? Welcome. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. If you like to follow me on social media, you can catch me. Wait a minute. On Twitter, Instagram, these PSN 2K and Hogwarts streets at Camille Monet, C A M I L L E M O N A E. I am the ghost of Drew Holiday, but you can find me <laughs> on. <laughs> no, shout out to Drew. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Buttsburner. That's all you get. That is all that you get. Everyday underscore gentleman on Instagram, um, KRS216 on Twitter, and Snapchat. And it's your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z, the number three, a.k.a. Ask Ketchum, a.k.a. Mr. Give It To Me. We out. Peace out, y'all. Thanks for supporting. We really appreciate it. See y'all next week.